Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Somebody had posted something. It said something along the lines of like, black people were, I'm good. I'm good you to death. That's called emotional suppression. We can't, I'm good ourselves into a grave. You are now listening to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, where we talk all things related to mental health, life lessons, and the culture. My goal is to help each and every listener pursue and center wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Shonda, licensed clinical psychologist. Now let's get into it. Somebody say it's the confidence for me. It's the confidence for me. I need to say it confidently. Say it's the confidence for me. It's the confidence for me. Brought here and forced into slavery. Um, and based on those traumas that we experienced during slavery, some of those same behaviors, the attitudes, um, you know, the belief systems that we adopted as slaves can be passed down to generations after that. Um, and that is why we see like the hyper. Yeah, amen. You're a treasure, um, Dr. Chandra Reynolds. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Just shutting up and listening. I'm learning so much. What's going on, everybody? You are now tuned into the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. I'm always, always, always appreciative of you guys just showing up every single week, listening to me talk about mental health, faith, and the culture. It never gets old to me. Y'all know this is my passion. And this week ain't nothing new. We're going to continue to do it. We're going to continue to talk about things to help transform and change lives, y'all. Y'all know I love to give shout outs in the first portion of the segment. I always enjoy reading the reviews that you guys leave, whether it's on YouTube or on the podcast through Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else that you listen. To. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's podcast. This week's rating comes from T Darkwood. So T, I'm giving you a special shout out today. This person said, I loved Dr. Shonda's podcast episode with Mr. Ron and Miss Natalie from Gullah Gullah Island. The episode was a great mix of nostalgia and education. I appreciated learning about the influence of Gullah Geechee culture on the show and how it impacted the self-esteem and emotional wellness of black children. It was also interesting to hear about the pressures to conform and assimilate on TV. Overall, a great episode. Listen T, thank you so much for listening and for watching. I got a lot of feedback pertaining to the last two episodes y'all listened to. It sounds like y'all really enjoyed it, and I'm appreciative of that. Miss Natalie and Mr. Ron were snatching my edges too. <laughs> it was a pleasure to just kind of like sit at their feet. I always enjoy uh, listening to elders, right? I, I always been that type of person. If I'm in the presence of an elder, I'm not going to say much. I might ask some questions to get the conversation going. But I'm going to be, you know, quiet. I'm going to absorb as much information as possible. And just sitting back and listening to Miss Ron, Mr. Ron and Miss Natalie talking about Gullah Gullah Island. And not just Gullah Gullah Island, but also Gullah Geechee culture overall. It was so refreshing. And I don't know about y'all, but I get so excited. Like, I literally am ready to jump out of my skin when I hear about black culture, our people, our resilience. Um, and even what that looks like when it comes to our the transatlantic slave trade coming from west africa uh and the Gullah Geechee people so again i am i appreciate y'all for tuning in y'all got y'all gave me a lot of feedback and comments and dms and such and continue to give me ratings let me know what you think about the podcast through the comments of apple and spotify 
and I'll continue to give you guys what you want. Like I, I continue to say, y'all, this is my passion. This is not a job. This is something that I enjoy doing. I know it's my life's calling. And when you have a calling on your life, God gives you the anointing to, a, to do that. We are entering into the topic for today. We're talking about emotions, y'all. Emotions. I want you to stop stopping your emotions. I want you to stop stopping your emotions. We're talking about emotional suppression. We're talking about the tendency to push down emotions for one reason or another. The tendency to, to distance yourself from emotions. The tendency to, to not want to feel our emotions. We've all done it. Don't sit there and lie to yourself. Don't sit there and say like, oh, I feel all my emotions, Dr. Shonda. I journal every time. No, first of all, we've had moments where... Maybe we didn't fit, want to feel an emotion. Maybe we wanted to avoid something. We wanted to avoid a thought or we wanted to avoid feeling too vulnerable. Maybe if we were in front of people, like there were times in life, y'all. Y'all not going to sit here and act like finger in your face. Y'all not, where's the camera? There we go. Y'all not going to sit here and act like y'all don't suppress your emotions. Because we've had moments like that. I've had moments like that. Oh, what's wrong with you? Nothing. No one I got a whole attitude because of this emotion or that emotion. But we, we just got to get to a place to where we're not suppressing them. That's what it's called. It's called emotional suppression. Those of you who may not know what emotional suppression is, that is totally okay because I'm going to define it for you. So emotional suppression is a, de a defense mechanism which entails pushing unwanted, anxiety-provoking thoughts, memories, emotions, away from consciousness so when we talk about defense mechanisms i'm just going to break this down for you without be becoming too technical because y'all know this podcast isn't meant to be technical at all but defense mechanisms are basically coping strategies that we implement in order to protect what we call the ego how we see ourselves so if i see myself as uh, a strong well-to-do put together person or what have you and i experience an emotion that makes me feel very vulnerable, I'm going to use a defense mechanism to protect myself from feeling that emotion. Defense mechanisms are sometimes unhealthy. When we feel emotions, we're supposed to feel them, not push them away or to stop stop feeling them. Where are you listening from? If you watching on YouTube, I want you to write in the comments, stop stopping your emotions, because that's what we're going to do today. Now, what are some things that have reinforced this idea that we have to stop our emotions, that we have to suppress them. I'm going to give y'all some examples and y'all let me know in the comments or review or check my DM, uh, hop in my DM if you've heard this before. Emotional suppression typically is learned. It's something that we observe our either our parents or people who we're uh, connected to in childhood. We watch them do it. Or they even teach us how to do it inadvertently. They teach us how to do it without really wanting to teach us how to do it. I'll give you an example. Telling your child, oh, boys don't cry. Essentially, it equates emotional expression as a female trait. You're basically communicating to that child that they're not allowed to express emotion. And what happens? They go through life suppressing that emotion. Because they learned in childhood, oh, boys don't cry, so I have to internalize this. I have to suppress this. I'll give you another example. Stop acting like a girl. And this is something that we even say to, to women. Like, we say this to girls, too. Oh, you're acting like a girl. Stop acting like a girl. Dust yourself off. Pick yourself up and keep walking. That is teaching our children 
That is teaching our adolescents or whoever you're talking to to suppress their emotions. You never heard that one before? I'll give you another one. That's that's real familiar with our people. Well, right, I got you. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Now, if you never heard of that one, I don't know what else to tell you. Because my mom used to always... <laughs> I love my mom. But that's uh, that's something that we used to... We say in our culture. That is something that we say, especially, you know, in the, in the black community. Stop crying before I give you something to cry about. Now... Think about that. I get what you're trying to say. Now, you're you're trying to convey that whatever the child, the emotion that they're expressing might be more extreme than the punishment that they're experiencing or the, the experience that they're currently having, right? I understand that. I can, I can see that. At the same time, what the child is hearing is that in this moment, the emotions that I'm expressing are not fit. I'm not able to express this at this time. So I'm going to pull it together, not express any emotion. That is what we call inadvertently teaching children how to suppress emotions. Even if you don't have children, this podcast is for you because this can help you learn why and how sometimes emotional expression or emotional suppression tends to start. This isn't something that you've learned after being in that relationship, maybe, or something that was picked up in adolescence. No, sometimes these are th patterns that we learn in childhood. So even as you think about this, I want you to think about, okay, what were some messages that were sent to me as a kid about emotions? Did I see my parents express emotions? Did I see uh, my brothers and sisters express emotions and then get reprimanded for that? That's how we get into patterns of emotional suppression. And then children who suppress their emotions, who are taught how to suppress their emotions, turn into adults who ask it or I have to completely suppress it. And so when we think about it, we're also passing this down to our children. Again, if you have kids, like this is something that we're passed down from generation to generation. If we continue with the same rhetoric, emotional suppression just doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's not just something that you just recently learned a couple years ago. Typically, this is a pattern of behaviors that's reinforced over time, over and over and over again. I got to write that down. Children who are taught to suppress emotion, become adults who can't communicate their emotion. They're constantly feeling like, you know, I, I'm, my emotions are so threatening. My emotions are not accepted by society. Therefore, I have to either push it away and avoid it, or I have to mask it with something that's more acceptable in society. And the research backs this up. It's more, in society, it's more acceptable for a man to express aggression and anger as opposed to saying I'm depressed or I'm sad or I'm feeling hurt, I'm feeling embarrassed, I'm feeling ashamed. It's more acceptable to just, you know, fight or to, to be aggressive or to, to express something that aligns with that level of what we call like masculinity, according to society. But that's not healthy. We have to stop suppressing our emotions, y'all. As a culture, even, there are things that we do, things that we say, that perpetuates this notion that we have to suppress emotion. That rhyme. I didn't mean to do that. It suppresses, it perpetuates the notion that we have to suppress an emotion. I want you to think about even what I call the myth of the strong black woman, the myth of the strong black man, the strong black person. Think about how being black, being strong, I gotta always keep it together, has caused so many people 
in our families, in our lives, in our communities to suppress how they're feeling, to suppress their emotions, to not feel to, to, to not feel emotions of vulnerability, emotions that might be deemed as being weak. Emotions don't make you weak. Having emotions make you human. When we get into this idea that I have to be this strong black person, I have to fill the role of the strong black man, I have to fill the role of the strong black woman, which again is a myth, we tend to identify and take on the notion that when I do feel things like depression, when I do feel things that in turn make me more vulnerable, then I'm no longer a man. I'm no longer a woman. I'm, I'm no longer a strong, resilient person. Therefore, I can't, I can't feel those emotions. I have to push them away. That is why emotional suppression is so common in our community. I do feel like we're becoming more comfortable with conversations. I ain't going to say comfortable because... I do feel like it still makes us uncomfortable. Having these conversations are becoming more uh, frequent. We're having these conversations more frequently. Therefore, we're in a space to where people can talk about how I was feeling depressed. I was feeling sad. I was feeling emotions that years ago, a black man couldn't endorse feeling. I was feeling emotions that a black woman, they, they couldn't feel. The, the myth of the strong black person has kept us uh, suffering for so many years, for centuries. Because think about it, our ancestors experienced these emotions. They had, every single human being has a wide range of emotions, but our ancestors couldn't express it. Our ancestors couldn't tend to their emotions um, as, as we worked in dire and harsh circumstances. They couldn't do that because of what they were experiencing at that time take on that same and we adopt that same the behavior and the mentality of suppressing those emotions we're not giving ourselves the opportunity to be able to heal things that our, our ancestors couldn't do because they they couldn't we have the permission now we have the permission to feel now this it doesn't have to be that way anymore we have the permission to be able to feel vulnerability to feel um anxiety to, to feel these emotions and to express them, emotional suppression, basically feeling an emotion, but I'm, I'm gonna either mask it or I'm gonna push it down. When I say mask it, like I said before, we're talking about presenting a, a more uh, acceptable emotion, presenting a more acceptable, uh, an emotion that's more acceptable to society as opposed to feeling that thing that I'm feeling in that moment. So if I'm a black man and I'm feeling rejected, I'm feeling ashamed, I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm feeling emotions that are deemed as vulnerable because of that. The, these notions that have been perpetuated in our society, I'm going to suppress it and I'm going to behave in ways that don't align with how I'm actually feeling. That is emotional suppression. Ladies, we do it too. We've all been in a place where we've suppressed our emotions, either because we don't feel comfortable expressing them or because society has told us that it's inappropriate. There's no such thing as an inappropriate emotion. One of the most beautiful things about our humanity is the fact that we can feel emotions. Inanimate objects cannot feel emotion. Animals can feel, sometimes have emotions, but they can't experience, not all can experience emotions uh, to the same degree, that level of complexity that we can. 
he can feel a wide range of emotions. It makes it the, a beautiful part of our existence. And how dare I suppress it? This is something that's God-given. God gave me the, these emotions. We can't mishandle ourselves and mishandle our health by continuing to push down how we feel. When we stop our emotions, our emotions don't go anywhere. It doesn't magically disappear. It doesn't go to another dimension in the twilight zone. Like it, it, that just doesn't happen. Like it, it don't happen. Okay. What happens is sometimes if we suppress an emotion and we, we push it down, we try not to feel it, whether I'm angry, sad, upset, whatever, and I'm not giving myself the opportunity to feel it, that emotion might, I might express that emotion at the wrong place in the wrong time. Because I'm holding it in, because I'm internalizing my emotions and because I'm allowing my emotions to, to kind of build up. And then that's when you have people who might like blow up on their coworkers or who might curse out their boss. Because you're in a place to where you're internalizing your emotions, you're not giving yourself the opportunity to feel and to express your emotions in a healthy way. Number two, when we don't express our emotions, what else can happen? It can turn into physical sickness. I cannot tell y'all how many people come to me and talk about like all the physical things that happens when we internalize our emotions. There are so many things that can happen when we internalize our emotions, when we're not feeling them, when we're trying to suppress them. Number one being high blood pressure. And we know because our community already has a history of high blood pressure, why would we make ourselves more susceptible to that? by internalizing our emotions, to by suppressing how I feel, by not expressing my emotions healthily. Other factors that can impact us. So things like migraines, like, stre like stress headaches, like all those different things can be, be related to internalizing emotions. I'm not giving myself the opportunity to express them. Am I healthily expressing my emotions or have I allowed society to inhibit my level of emotional expression? What has inhibited your ability to express your emotion to the degree that you need to? Check in with yourself. Ask yourself, is this, am, am I expressing my emotion or am I masking it? Am I avoiding it? Somebody had posted something, but it said something along the lines of like, black people, well, I'm good. I'm good you to death. Basically saying that statement, I'm good which is the colloquialism that we utilize in our community. I'm good. Like, I'm I'm good as a response to everything. But your mom just died. I'm good. Something just happened to your kids. I'm good. I'm good. It's called emotional suppression. We can't I'm good ourselves into a grave. I refuse to I'm good myself into a grave. And I refuse to allow that to happen to you. I care too much about my community. I care too much about uh, God's people in general. I have a love for God's people to allow them to ungood themselves into a grave. Why continue to put a mask on? Why continue to say, I'm good, I'm all right, like things are things are fine? Why would I I'm find myself to a place where I'm unhealthy and not giving myself opportunity to properly heal by utilizing the resources that might be surrounding me that could help me, huh? Am I talking to somebody? I know I am. I know I'm talking to you. Because we've, we've done it before. We've all said that I'm good. Can I challenge you in this moment? The next time you feel an emotion and somebody asks you what's wrong, I want to challenge you not to give that automatic response, I'm good. Not to give that automatic response, everything's fine. I can handle it. Learn how to express your emotion. Learn how to check in with yourself. 
Learn how to identify what you're feeling because that's one of the things that gets in the way of us being able to emotionally express and to emote the way we need to. Like I said, y'all, this can turn into a whole series, um, but I think I'm going to stop here. I do want to get into ways to stop emotional suppressing, um, but I actually might save that for either next week or I might save it for when we get our Patreon. So make sure you guys stay connected with me. Uh, make sure that you text podcast to 21000 so that you can be updated when we do launch our podcast uh, Patreon. We're not going to um, good ourselves. To, where my finger? We're not going to um, good ourselves to death, y'all. We're not going to do that. We are not going to do that, okay? All right, so we're going to transition into the... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ask Dr. Shonda segment. I love when you guys submit questions. I'll be writing some questions that I that are, are very similar. I love how you guys are like putting a lot of thought to it. There, a lot of them are very similar. So what I'm gonna do is I, I typically I see one that's similar, I'm gonna just put them all into one so that I can, you know, knock them knock them out at once. Alright, so uh, an individual stated that they're at the point where they want to break up with their significant other. And um, because of trust, basically asking, how do you know when to stop trusting someone? So there were a lot of different details that went into this question that I don't think would be appropriate to share on the podcast. So in order to protect your situation, I'm not going to read that information. But the, the, the underlying, the gist of the question is, how do you know when to stop trusting someone um, as this person uh, considers ending their relationship. And so I just want to reiterate, so I love answering the Ask Dr. Shonda questions, but just to keep in mind that even though I might answer a question, it does not establish a professional relationship between myself and those who I'm answering questions for. Now, when it comes to trust, trust is not built overnight. Therefore, it's not lost overnight. And so I want you to keep that in mind. Also, keep in mind the fact that when, we, when we're talking about trust, uh, because you're answering, the, you're asking this question, how do you know when to stop trusting someone? It seems like you're kind of already there. You've already been thinking about like, okay, um, is it time to, to cut off this connection? Because I don't know the entirety of your situation, I can't really give a hard and fast rule like you should do it after they break up with you this many times. Because well, one, life just, just doesn't work like that. Number two, um, you know, it, it's not a lot of information in the question, which is okay. But I will ask you just to kind of check in with yourself regarding how you define trust, what trust means to you, and what are your expectations in this relationship. When it comes to relational expectations, I always say it's never too late or too early to communicate that. However, if you feel as though you're communicating your relational expectations and they're constantly not being met, then it might be time to transition in that relationship, whether that means changing your expectation which is totally up to you or moving on to someone who can meet that expectation it seems like you're in that process of considering like whether or not you should move on um but it's just it's worth continuing to think about so i hope that answers your question you guys can continue to ask me questions via dm or you can text me y'all that's a wrap i always enjoy talking to you guys every single wednesday at the paging dr shonda podcast like i said 
This is my passion and I truly appreciate you for being a part of it. Make sure you get your black mental health apparel at mindsoftheculture.org. Sign up for Dr. Afia and I, our uh, black women's therapy group is coming back on February the 2nd and we will, we have a link down in the uh, show description regarding that, how to sign up and get your free consultation. Also, guys, make sure you're following me on all networks so that you can stay up to date with what's happening. Y'all are going to be real pleased in February when it comes to this podcast because I got some amazing guests lined up. We're talking about love and relationships. The Love and Relationship Series will launch on February the 2nd. I hope y'all ready because we got some like we got some heavy hitters coming through. All right, y'all. It's been real. I always love rocking with y'all. Have a great day. And remember, you have the power to create the emotions that you want to experience. God bless. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.